0: I was going to say, it's not about even like that, it's policies, but like people, people should have the choice and you don't have to even want to consume it or need to consume it, but, but it's a plant because you know, there's signs, there's billboards, you have to kind of educate your kids depending on where you live. And now I'm having to uneducate them because we're moving to Texas, you know, <laughs> um, but We um, there's a there's billboards everywhere, you know, they'll see and they're saying, Mom, she says, Mommy, she goes, I don't understand why it's so bad if it's a plant. And she says it's illegal. I said, well, it is illegal in some places. I said, you know, and then we had the whole conversation. But she said, uh, well, is poison ivy illegal. I mean, again, and you don't have to um, own a gun to believe in gun laws. You don't have I've never seen a million dollars, but I know that's real. The data is there. Um, The science is there. You know, and like, it just needs to be the people's choice.
1: Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Gramps Place where my guest and I discuss all things of public interest and anything else that might need a little changing in the good old USA. From ending the drug war and freeing those wrongfully imprisoned for crimes that have no victim, to making government more like what our forefathers intended of we the people again. I talk with doctors, scientists, politicians, and more, so you can make your own decisions on important issues in the USA. This week, my guest is a military wife, former nurse and advocate for cannabis medicine. We'll hear how Amber Southbury's husband had to have brain surgery, how she found medical cannabis, how she began to advocate for it, and how her husband could benefit from it but cannot because the VA won't let him. Amber tells us how she met a mutual friend of ours in her cannabis research, Nikki Lawley, who was my guest on episode 11. So you'll, of course, want to go back and listen to that episode, too. Amber also tells us about her new practice she is starting soon, using hypnotherapy along with other methods of healing. Let's meet Amber and hear her story. Thank you for joining me here on Gramps Place.
0: Hello. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Doing well. I'm excited to be here and thank you for having me.
1: You bet. Uh, you, you actually reached out to me, so uh, I'd like you to just introduce yourself and, and tell us a little bit about your background and why you wanted to, to reach out and tell your story, why, why you feel like it's important and, and all that good stuff.
0: Okay, awesome. Well, i um I've always been a uh, huge um, cannabis um, advocate and I worked in the nurse actually worked as a nurse um, so I'm, I'm very much into biology and science and all of that um and so in i went to nursing school graduated in 2011. Um, and I worked for a nurse as a nurse, a labor and delivery, and maternal fetal medicine nurse for about seven years before I followed my husband across the country um, for his military career. Um, and even during that time, of course, you know, it was this was in Illinois. It was illegal as most states. Um, and I ended up in California. But I remember actually always having a passion for the plant, but Even, even physicians that I'd worked with, you know, they'd say, well, I'm taking my white coat off, you know, have you tried smoking marijuana for a lot of our patients that were even, um, throwing up all the time for whatever, I mean, they even recognized it then. Um, but anyway, so we're in California and I realized that, um, I wanted to talk about this. This is when we lived in California, they were going from recreational or medical. Okay. Um, and, but I was very excited to live in a state, you know, aside from Colorado that, that recognized it as a medication and that was then going to go to recreational. So I was excited to be a part of that process and to live in a state that did that. Um, but for fear of, I guess, because there was still stigma, you know, I, I just got married, um, you know, being raised in that how our parents were raised, it was just kind of, and so I guess I just had to work on. I always loved marijuana, but I had to love myself enough to be able to talk out about it. Um, We moved to Alaska and then there I um, worked at a dispensary at Pipe and Leaf there in Alaska. And I loved having patients or clients come in and especially people that had never um, smoked before and helping them figure out what cannabinoids would help with what just that you know how to have you know a one-to-one CBD to THC um and that there was a lot more products than just hey let's get high that there was it is scientifically um proven to have medicinal effects and so I really um enjoyed that part of it but being from the medical community you're scared to kind of lose that respect you know like you don't want to be and so again fear and whatever held me back fast forward and we got stationed in Oklahoma for itself and less than a month of being here literally my husband within a week would shift off overseas and on Valentine's Day of uh, 2021 he calls me to wish me a happy Valentine's Day and his face, uh, his tongue is split open, his face is black and blue, his, I mean, he couldn't hardly move, and I said, I mean, he looked like he had a black eye, and I kind of gave him crap, I said, what are you doing, you trying to keep up with them young kids over there, did you go out for a drink, you know, and you fall I don't remember, he says, and I said, well, how much did you drink, kind of joking, and if you know my husband, you'll know he's not a big drinker. I mean, he joined the military at 30, so it wasn't like he was like the mother 21 year old guys. <laughs> um, and he, I mean, if you have never have a seizure, the last thing you think when when you see a 38-year-old man calling you with a black eye is, did you have a seizure? And so I'm yeah. not gonna lie, <laughs> looking back, I feel bad. Um, but my father passed away in April. And so the Red Cross had sent my husband home on, for a 10-day emergency leave. Thanks. Now, the the God thing of this all is, in order for him to have to even be sent home, um, it has to be somebody like my mother, my father, his mother, yeah. his father, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even if it was his own grandpa,
1: Mm-mm.
0: like, he ain't coming. They, you know, they, he had, they alerted him. They sent him home so that I could attend this funeral. And again, I just feel like it was, it was, the you know, the timing of everything is just, just has, leaves me in awe when I think about it and how grateful I am every time because, I mean, in all the years, we'd only had that one seizure that looking back, we realized it was. So in a 10-day span, this man had to have had this episode in order for him to get out of having to return. And we were spooning on the the couch at about 8 o'clock at night, I guess. It's the last time I was at the clock. And I dozed off. And I woke up. Kinda of similar to your story, to a, a, a noise, and a loud choking sound, but behind yeah. me. Yeah. And I turned around, and it was my husband. Been having a six-minute seat. I mean, I started timing it. Turned out to be over six minutes long.
1: Yeah.
0: So I knew that I had couldn't stop. Uh, so that, and then we got him. We rushed him in. We did all that. Um, when the when the ambulance came, when the workers came. They had seen my uh, paraphernalia laying on the table, and he's. I'm a nurse. I get it. People, you know, um, you deal with overdoses, all of that, all, mm-hmm. of, kind, all of all kinds. Um, it's easy to get jaded and to and to get, you know, in that mindset, but.
1: Just, you know, just for the record, uh, I, I'm a former EMT myself, so I, I, I yeah. don't totally get what you're saying.
0: <laughs> I mean, and I, you don't get paid enough. I, they, they really do have a tough job, especially with COVID. I left nursing and the healthcare before COVID. I couldn't imagine going back, back, um, as your regular, props. I mean, thank God for our service men and women out there, um, because yeah, I mean, it was tough before, but now with this and they the very first thing was, How much how much drugs are you on, sir? How much drugs? And it was like, He's not that's my drug. That's my marijuana. I said, He's not on anything. I was like, he's just here, he's in the military, he's here on leave. And I said, and you know, and of course they were just trying to get a background, you know, did he consume sure. anything? Did he take anything? And sure. I get that. Um, but I was just my jaw was dropping. Um, they let him get up and walk. Anyway, that thank God for that seizure, because that's what was able to leave him home, so he didn't have to return. He then they they took him in. They saw a spot in his brain, and it turned out to be an AVM, mm. which is arterial venous malformation, and it's yeah. a tangled clot. Mm-hmm. And so it was through all of those things that we were able to finally get him to help. He had to have a craniotomy, um, and he's about 12 weeks post-op from that. Wow. But I Think so.
1: It so took... he stop just a minute. How's he doing?
0: He is doing amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, he has uh, he had a little bitty setback, um, about a week after from swelling in the brain, oh. and he wasn't able to tell me who I was. We rushed him back in, and, and it was they call it aphasia. So it's like he knows when he looks at you, he can tell that he recognizes you, but he can't get the words out. Pressure yeah. each. And all that, and of course as you know, the medications were, he, they just started lowering his doses, so he's gradually weaning down off the seizure meds. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we're very blessed. Um, he's, yeah, amazing, he just finally um, retired and they they let him out, and yeah, he didn't want to, but he, you know, and he's so just looking forward to driving again.
1: <laughs> they gave him medical retirement.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: So um, yeah. I gotta ask you, uh, when when you say they found just a spot on his brain, and and then they figured out that that it was the AVM, uh, I mean, what? How much time passed from
0: so, the actual
1: actual first? Oh my, there's something there. To we figured out what it was because I know a lot of times when you're talking about mm-hmm. the brain, sometimes that takes years. Uh huh.
0: So this is where I, this is where, again, time, my husband tells me all the time, he says, I'm so glad you love research. And I'm so glad, you know, you your." he says, you're nursing, because I'm telling you, I don't, if it was not for was that little bit of medical background that I had, I would have been like every other human and taken them at their word. And so in the military, I don't, I'm not blaming any doctors, but I'm just saying when you're in the military, you are another number to them. They are seeing 20,000 patients a day. They're moving them in. Mm. They're doing the best they can with what they can. But we were told that he was going to be fine. That because um, you know you go into the hospital, the ambulance took him in, but you ha- he since he was active duty, you have to go to the VA doctor. So the the neurologist that we were lined up to see, they're like, no, 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 he needs to go to our neurologist. There was only one on post. So we go to a wonderful bedside manner, very nice guy, um, but he didn't know he hit his hole from a head or, you know, whatever that saying is. Um, he told me that he he's going to be fine. I said, well, is it an AVM or is it this? Because in, I was reading through the thick stack of papers and in one, it, you know, it says might need to re- reevaluate to rule out X, Y, and Z. So I started questioning, well, have you seen the MRI? Yeah, 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 yeah. I said, okay, well, you know, um, have you determined this? He says, oh, no, no, no. He's going to be fine. He says, could have one, could not. He goes, I had one in college, never happened again. We'll put him on a low dose just to be safe. So he puts him on medication and made my husband, I mean, his moods are all over the place. And my husband is, is not a moody man. He's actually the calm to my storm. So for his moods to be fluctuating, I just I knew that he was not himself I knew he and so I kept just kept questioning and I kept questioning I didn't like the answers we were getting so finally I pushed for a second opinion and mm. within five minutes of going to a second opinion she says he needed surgery yesterday and we were off to Oklahoma City to schedule his craniotomy okay. so pardon this short break for a word from our sponsors
1: Do you have a business or service that you want to advertise on Gramps Place? Message Gramps at GrampsPlace.net and he will show you how you can have your add-in episodes every month for as little as $4.99 per month. Remember, people always go back and listen to the old episodes too. Become a sponsor by messaging GrampsPlace.net and increase your business today. Welcome back to Gramps Place. The podcast where Gramps and his guests talk about all things cannabis and cannabis law reform, along with anything else that piques public interests. Well you had said in your, your emails back and forth when we were getting ready for the interview and all that that you had found a a mutual, I guess mutual friend of our mine now. Um uh, tell us who that is and what she taught you. And, Cause basically let me back up for a second. Basically when someone has the kind of surgery that, that your husband had, that's the same thing as a traumatic brain injury. It's just mm-hmm. one that was done intentionally. Uh, but it's something that had to be done to save his life, obviously. So plain to me and, and for our listeners, uh, who you ran into, who you found, and and what she taught you about TBIs and how something that you were already aware of had benefits for that.
0: Yes, sure. So um, I, being the researcher that I am, um, back when we were we just with the seizure portion started, you know, and then the, um, started researching before we knew he had an AVM. I'm 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 on everywhere, you know, looking at you know, neurological, this trying to end and trying to, I, I felt that was the first time I, I could not relate to my husband, like him and I were, um, and I just wanted to be able to be there for him more. So I'm reaching out, I'm trying to get all these resources. And I came across Nikki Lawley, which um, many of you might know her off, making in the on instant. She's lovely. She is travels around talking about her experience with TBI. And the thing of it is my husband was depending on how you look at it, lucky enough to have something spotted on an MRI, many of them go undetected. And I noticed it's that silence. So, you know, it, his, he, they, it was documented, but for her, she had to, to you know, advocate for her own self, um, basically, mm-hmm. because there was nothing found on the scans. And so in that sense, we were lucky, but um, she was able to help me. I just how to relate and how to resources for him and that it was okay because he is a man, did not want to ask for help, God love him. Uh, <laughs> and and that it was fine. And we be actually became um she sent me tons of stuff and we were actually in communication about TBIs and then just marijuana and how all this stuff that she had done, which I've always known that it affected and I, I wished I was a nurse when they were actually prescribing it like a real medication. But uh anyway, she her and I, she's actually visited my home during her little, her traveling with her friend Barb across the state, going to different dispensaries. And so um, she came by and my husband and I, we all went out to lunch. And so she's been, uh, and we still are fast friends to this day, um, but I love what she's doing for for plant medicine. And I just knew that I wanted to get involved too. Um, I mean, it's got, not only for neurological disorders, but I mean, inflammation, you name it, nervous system regu- regulation, um, all of it. And so I was, yeah, I'm just trying to surround myself with people that that get it. And she was in the medical field too, which I yeah. love well, being another know, woman that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Nikki is, uh, you're a step ahead of me. I haven't g- had the pleasure to meet her in person yet, <laughs> <laughs> but uh You're absolutely right. Nikki is a fantastic, fantastic person. Uh, She's very knowledgeable in the whole traumatic brain injury category with cannabis medicine. And uh, she uh, is knowledgeable in in a lot of other areas with, with cannabis medicine and the whole neurological issues. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, you know, shout out to Nikki and the plant. If you you haven't, if you have any of these issues and you haven't heard of her uh, and you're looking for that source, Uh, reach out to Nikki because she can surely help you. Uh, You made a statement that uh, kind of intrigued me because I totally agree, but uh, you made the statement that there's something magical when you find those like-minded people in the cannabis world, the cannabis scene. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you mean by that.
0: Well, I mean – First of all, I think in order to make change, it's, you can't do it on your own, right? You're going to need yeah. people. And um, I think it's all about educating. I think people even that mean well, um, you know, that just don't get it or for fear or just, I mean, it's all in how there's a wonderful video about um, the cannabis, the history of cannabis in four minutes and 20 seconds. And it just goes to show as as to why people, you know, I'm speaking for my experience about my, you know, generations um, hesitant. And so I think it's about educating. And so position yourself with people that like you are, have the political arena kind of covered and and medical people who have been in the medical field and doctors who are now turning and leaving their practice to go promote a, a medical practice. People that um, have high end power, that have an authority in the space. Um, And to get together because, yeah, I know I felt cheated after learning about the endocannabinoid system. I mean, and all that money in nursing school, where the hell was that? You know, and um, I mean, and so it is, there's so much research out there that shows um, its effects. And since 1964 and then 1988, when the ECS was discovered, um, when they, well, the C, when they coined it, the CB1 receptor or whatever. um, And then they realized All of the properties that it does. Um, So, yeah, I just I think that more people they I mean, if you can't be silenced when there's a group of us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah.
1: I I constantly preach. Sometimes I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm I'm constantly, (laughs) you know, feel like I'm at that that podium screaming at the top of my lungs. Come out of the closet. I'm not telling you to go to their office and fire up a joint. I'm just saying it's time to legalize it. If everybody starts saying the same thing, they have to listen because sooner or later that everybody encompasses what little bit of the public that actually does voting, right? Mm
0: -hmm. And when they start Mm -hmm. to see that
1: more than just saying the majority, everybody was to get out there and start yelling it at the top of their lungs like we do, we would see that change.
0: I was just going to say it's not about even like the it's policies but like people people should have the choice and you don't have to even want to consume it or need to consume it but but it's a plant because you know there's signs there's billboards you have to kind of educate your kids depending on where you live and I'm having to uneducate them because we're moving to Texas you know <laughs> um but we um there's a there's billboards everywhere you know they'll see and they're saying mom she says mommy She goes, I don't understand why it's so bad if it's a plant. And she says, it's illegal. I said, well, it is illegal in some places. I said, you know, and then we had the whole conversation but she said, uh, well, is poison ivy illegal? You know, so I just, it was just the cutest. But I mean, again, and you don't have to um, own a gun to believe in gun laws. You don't have, I've never seen a million dollars but I know that's real. The data is there, um, the science is there. You know, yeah. and like it just needs to be the people's choice,
1: yeah, I couldn't agree more. I'm gonna change the subject for a little bit, um sure, because you mentioned something in in our our emails back and forth uh that intrigued me uh you were you your husband and you uh haven't always been together, like since high school or anything, but you were actually. High school sweethearts, right?
0: We did. Not, we we were we were actually best friends. His his and I mean here and there we would reach out, sneak off. I think at his brother's graduation we were up in a church classroom making out. But uh, <laughs> we um we grew up in a small town in Pawnee, Illinois, of about 2,500 people, right outside of Springfield, the capital, and. Um, I mean, a graduating class of 50, I'm telling you, when I say small, there was not even a red light, I mean, one gas station, one little grocery store, um, and so he was a year older than me in, in high school, and, but we were always just thick as thieves, and our parents were both very much in, um, members of the Pentecostal church there, I'm talking Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesdays, and so to the point where i like, well, Mom, Mike doesn't have to go, you know, and so... And him and I, you know, our parents would force us to go and we'd run off and do whatever. But, yeah, we didn't get married till much later. So we'd always just kept in contact. And um, but, yeah, and sometimes it's when the timing is right, man, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I th- so. I, that that kind of touches home a little bit. My wife <laughs> and I uh, were high school sweethearts and we went our separate ways for stupid reasons of mine. And I'll just leave it at that. But uh, 25 years later, we got back together, and we've now been married for 13 years. So, (gasps)
0: congratulations!
1: (laughs) Yay! Kind of, I always like those kind of stories. Let's let's hear talk about. You said you were going to return to school and study hypnotherapy, right?
0: Yes, I'm actually finished. I'm kind of. I'm doing my residency portion right now, Um, and so. I I actually finished in August and so I will be launching my own practice where a private practice where I offer hypnotherapy and other holistic solutions, um, that would encompass treating the client as a whole. Um, and that's why I love the plant too, because it is all about regulating your, um, rest and digest your, your, your nervous system. Right. And so, um, I um you don't have to like plant medicine to come to me, but I've used hypnotherapy and me- meditation to kind of heal myself, really, in a sense, and to reparent myself from, um, you know, limiting beliefs and to really, and that's why I said I've always known and loved the plant, but I had to get to know and love myself because I think if not for me going through kind of doing the internal work and working through some of that fear and self-learning beliefs and just kind of how you are raised, you know, to not make waves, to not, um, I had to really get to that place where I could speak up when it was my time, you know? And so, yeah. um, but I will be yeah, launching there and, and I'm excited to help people heal themselves.
1: So I, I guess if you're, you just purchased a home in Houston, you're going to be doing this in Houston then.
0: I actually do it all over zoom. So you can okay. actually, um, and it's actually more effective over zoom. I find because you don't have to leave. You're in the comfort of your home. Um, anybody that's ever curious about hypnotherapy, um, it works so well because you're able to get into the subconscious. You're never at a loss um, or of control. You're completely in control the entire time. It's that nice right before you fall asleep. That's, um your subconscious is able to take in all those suggestions that that the patients or the clients will provide themselves you know you can't be told so to, you know you're not going to quack like, like a duck or you know i'm not going to make <laughs> you do anything crazy um but yes, yeah, for like this it's great for any vocational vocational self-improvement so
1: sure sure so, is your, your husband currently using cannabis as medicine at this time? Let
0: me tell you something about that. Yes and no. He is taking VA um, right now. Okay. And so, it's kind of a, a, a gray. I mm-hmm. know they're working on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's the thing. He he actually, um, that was what even he wanted to, to be able to consume. So, he actually kind of had started doing some edibles and things like that um per his surgeon his neurologist and he said you know I hate these damn meds. doc. and he's like what about you know cannabis and he says well he says I, you know low and slow is kind of the the uh was the instruction he was given just take it low and slow and um but to continue taking his Obviously, his medication, which I would have never let him stop anyway, that was uh, that was doctor's orders and wife was backing that up. So, yeah. Um, but then when he had that little setback, he goes in, they're doing all these labs, and um, but that was just post surgery. He had just consumed a little bit go right before going in. Eh, he was fine, but his brain had swelled up a little. Of course, he wasn't using right after surgery. Who's sleeping? And the thing of it is, you know they overprescribe opiates all the time. Right. When I was a nurse, oh, you know, oh, yeah. but then when somebody actually does need it, I mean, my husband came home from a craniotomy with 10 and here I, and I preach holistic health about, you know, like not having to need those things, but when you need them, you need them. And that's yeah. the sad thing is you overprescribe it. And then when somebody actually does need it, but he, it kind of scared him because he started digging through it, and then he just send in records and it was enough to make him go, You know, I support my family as it, you know. So I think that's why I really felt called, too, is to make sure, especially our our military and our servicemen and our veterans, you know, they should be able to to consume whatever without fear of losing their benefits. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Especially if they've served our country. That's insane to me. Well, I want to thank you. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for coming on and, and sharing your story. Uh, that's a hard thing to do for a lot of people. And uh, I wish you the best of luck in your adventures uh, with your your upcoming business uh, and your practice. And uh, the best of luck to your husband. I, I hope everything works and continues to be successful for you both.
0: Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. And keep doing what you're doing. I'll be tuning in.
1: Grant's Place, the podcast where I bring you the doctors, scientists, patients, politicians, and ordinary everyday people to talk about anything and everything with facts and first-hand reports so you can make your own decisions on important issues. Cannabis law reform, politics, criminal justice, government, and economics are just a few. As always, I thank you for listening and for your generous support.